All right, welcome to the Stage Three podcast. I'm your host, Zach. These are my two co-hosts, Chris and Jason. Hello, I'm oh, Jason. Hi. This dude. I was about to say that's your cutest face, something, but I mean, Crimson, it kind of went over your head, or Chris, kind of went over your head. You can call me Crimson. I'm gonna call you Chris. I mean, you don't. I don't care what you call me, as long as they know who I am. Chris or Crimson, you know, it 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 really don't matter. <clears throat> All right. So y'all probably wondering what the fuck this shit is, and I'm gonna explain it because I'm the only one who can hold a straight face while doing it. Big lies. That's that's debatable. <laughs> See, there he goes. And here your stupid ass about to laugh. Look at you. Oh, lying ass. <laughs> how is it? You said something funny. <laughs> what is that laugh? You need to stop that shit right now. Oh, man. Alright. It's gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a long hour. Not just for us. But, alright, so this is the podcast. It's gonna be about, like, stuff that happens in the gaming community. And... Pretty much dumb shit. That's about it. And yeah. So we didn't prepare for this at all. What y'all want to talk about? What are you talking about? I brushed my teeth I today. I was going to talk about the Tachanka rework. Bro, I completely forgot about that. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Alright, well, explain it because I don't be following up. I don't follow up with that game like that, so explain it. Alright. So... Rainbow Six Siege, if you don't know the game, then under a rock, huh? you don't play games. That's that's kind of it. But they're adding, like, two new characters, Oryx and I think Lana is her name. can't remember her name. Yeah. And, you know, both Oryx of them are Oryx from cool. Destiny. Uh, no. Yes. Um, I mean, they're pretty cool. But the thing everyone's looking at right now, and by everyone I mean me, is the Tachanka rework. Taking away his LMG, oh. well not taking away his LMG, that's his primary now. And they're giving him a gadget that instead of it being a shield turret, it's an incendiary grenade launcher. So wow. he's going to rain holy hellfire upon his enemies. That's kind of the gist of it. Y'all want to jump in? Um, so, so he could set stuff on fire now, is what you're saying? Like, like how Maverick has that thing? Like how Maverick can burn holes in walls? Nah, 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 nah. It, it's, you know, Capital? How he's got the flame bow and arrow? You know. It's like that, but it's a grenade. Forgot Capital is in the game, because no one uses him anymore. But so let me ask you a question. Is this impact, or is this like, like the grenades are bouncing and then... You feel uh, me with the launcher? They bounce. They look like they bounce once and then explode. But I don't. Oh, know great! You can, like, I hate bouncy grenades. I don't know if you dictate whether it bounces or not. That makes sense. Oh, well, <laughs> let's hope that uh, it does. Let's just hope it's impact because I hate bouncy grenades. It's not impact. There, it already bounces. Oh, great! Now it's just gonna kill me. It's not gonna kill anyone else or do any damage to anyone but me. <laughs> You're right. 
You're to get direct impacted with it. It better bounce off of me like it bounce off everything else. <laughs> nah, you're to catch it with your chest. Oh, phone like call. David Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie. But yeah, that's kind of the Chonka rework, and that's kind of ridiculous, I think. So when's my boy Vigil getting a rework? I'm honestly waiting for that third bullet in the boss G. Where are you going to put a third bullet in a double barrel shotgun? Listen here. If they gave a whole operator a refrigerator magnet as his gadget, they can add a third bullet to a double barrel shotgun. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know about that one, Chief. Listen, I fought long and hard with that masterpiece of a weapon, and all I'm saying is... If they just added that third bullet, I would clearly be not the top vigil in the world, but I'd have more fun. It's not going to happen. Let's be honest. I mean, if you can you know, show me how you're going to put a third slug in a double barrel shotgun, by all means. I mean, I don't have the gun to demonstrate, but... You know, if you tried hard enough and, you know, you just forced it in there, I think it would just, you know, work. I don't think that's how it works. I think You're not you thinking get... with your second brain. Um, you got a second brain? Yes. Want to explain where that is? In my brain? You... What? Exactly. There's a brain in my brain. Alright, you over here rapping that bull. Um, yeah, so that's kind of all we had planned. And it's been six minutes. So... Ain't that some shit. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> hey, man. You want to continue that statement? No. <laughs> that was the whole statement. He's on the phone with his boyfriend, Charlie. He's not answering, so he can't defend himself. So we're going to assume that's canon. It is. I didn't know Trust, even we didn't miss Charlie. a story arc. I mean, oh, chaos. Perfect. You just segued into a great story. Thank you for doing that unintentionally. You want to explain what happened when you said you weren't going to prom? No. No, I don't. <laughs> no, fuck, I don't. No, no, I, I, I think you should. Okay. So, me being the spectacular person that I am, I said I wasn't going to prom. And, you know, some people, that didn't sit right with them. So, guess what? I received a phone call about two and a half seconds after I said that to, you know, the people I'm playing Xbox with. You know, minding my own business on a Friday night, enjoying myself, me and the boys on some whatever we were playing. I don't know. I think we were playing Apex. I think so. Someone in the party heard me say I wasn't going to prom. That's they called one of my female friends. That was 
she calls me instantly. And then I get yelled at to go to prom. Mind you, I had a week to buy a ticket and get everything set up. Did I do it? Yes. Why? I was afraid. Were you in a relationship with this person at the time? No. <laughs> and what did she tell you when you said you didn't want to go? She said I didn't have a choice. <laughs> or? And I said, why is that? Oh. And she said, I'll come to your house. Oh, she said we and were I said, getting married. Why you gotta expose me? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how to help you there. I don't know how to help me here either. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I don't... I was... Someone on the outside looking in with no context to the situation at any point. I was... Confused? I was more confused than you were. Cause I wanted to know how the hell she even knew I wasn't going. Because I didn't tell them. Yeah, that's true. And this man is still on the phone. To Charlie? He's a... He's, He's an interesting guy. Have you met him? Yeah. Really? First time I met him, he FaceTimed me on Chris's phone. And they were, you know, sitting together in his chair. Charlie was sitting on his lap, and they were playing Xbox. feel bad for Crimson because he can't defend himself right now. But at the same time, it's now canon. It is canon because that's the truth. One of the best part is I, I don't think he's listening. Or he would have said something <laughs> by now. So this is just going to be a joke that I'm completely flying over his head. Anytime <laughs> he's not going to know. <laughs> I really hope that's the case. All right. Well, I guess this part, or like, this episode's just gonna be story time because uh, nothing was planned. You're right. Okay, so you got any other interesting stories? Um, nothing. PG thirteen. Eh, you can censor it. So, uh, listen, we got the explicit tag on. This is about work. All right. So, I was working at Amazon, you know, minding my own business, working with a couple of people that I know. And, um, after, you know, work and after my break, I was having a pretty okay conversation, you know, how was everyone's weekend? You know, the generic talk. This somehow escalated to. Butt stuff. Don't I don't know how. Um. Listen, I'm just as confused as you were. I I don't know how it escalates. L listen, <laughs> I didn't initiate anything. I was minding my own business, just waiting for nine fifteen so I can go home and take a nap because I was tired. But they asked me, would I ever do that? And my immediate response was no. They assumed the problem with that statement was the size of whatever I was going to use. And I'm like, no, that is not the problem here. 
The problem is that you think I would do that and find some form of pleasure out of it. Then they had the audacity to say, I can see it in your future. No. There is no future to be seen. That crystal ball is clearly foggy because that won't happen. So you're saying you won't take a dodo in the ass. No. <laughs> no. No one can There's convince no if, you otherwise. No. No one no one on this earth could convince me otherwise. No one off this earth could convince me otherwise. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, but I'm wearing a belt with 18 locks on it, and no one has a key to it. You have a chastity belt? What the hell? No, I didn't say that. Why do you have locks on your belt? Don't ask questions you don't want well, answers how to. How heavy is that belt? Featherweight. No way. He's got 18 pounds of master locks on his belt. First of all, how does that even keep your pants up? Suspenders. At what? Think outside the box, man. Alright, walk me through this process every morning when you get ready to go anywhere. I get up, and I put on sweatpants. Because I don't wear belts with sweatpants. Then, the rest of the outfit is just whatever goes with said sweatpants. What about the belt with 18 locks? Oh. That's only for when I go out to those kind of places. You know. No, church and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> what? You never know. <laughs> I didn't even know you went to church. I sure as hell don't anymore. But when I was forced to, uh, that belt was always on, locked, and loaded. Alright, now how did the process go of putting that belt on? Uh, like I received belt, a... But clearly, whatever the fuck you're wearing ain't normal. So, in my closet, there's about four belts. You know, my generic belt that I would wear for work. The belt. And then my, you know, my <laughs> designer belts. But, that belt, whenever I go places where I don't know people and my butthole could be in danger... Best believe that thing is on on the tightest, tightest, tightest setting. I am not getting punctured from behind, and you shouldn't either. Buy it now on Amazon. I'm imagining this belt as like you know those locks that you put on bikes and lock up to a bike rack. <laughs> That's what I imagine. You just find a place to chill out. Where you can wrap it around like a pillar or something and just lock it. And just chill out. Too much. <laughs> That's gotta be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Hey, but it kept your attention, didn't it? You're right, you killed some time. You did do that. Um, I guess it's my turn. I don't really know which one I want to begin with. Got any wins that come to your mind, Chaos? I've told a lot. Maybe too many. No, not particularly, actually. 
to think. Let's see. Is there a recent one? Can't think of one. Bro, this is. Ever since we started recording, my brain has turned off. I don't really. We are so Why don't you eat some, eat some cheese? Listen, I am not going to force an entire block of cheese down my throat like you did before this podcast started. Listen, but whose brain is rolling and whose brain is stalling? Alright then. Listen, Jeez. you sounded exhausted after eating that much. Like, well, you were out Yeah, you want to know why? You want to know why? Would you like to know why? Yes. It's because there wasn't enough cheese. What do you mean there wasn't enough cheese? If there had been enough cheese, I would have went right past exhaustion and right into pleasure. Because, see, this is how the cheese levels go. There's not enough cheese, so you go back and you get more. Then there's the, this is actually a chore. Why am I eating this? Then there's the, holy shit, this shit right now is hitting me like... Never mind. But you get the point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is how obesity starts. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I would, I would argue that 100%. We can argue all you want, but it's still wrong. Because obesity does not come strictly from cheese. I'm not saying it comes strictly from cheese. I'm saying the mentality that you have with cheese is problematic. Maybe for you. Um, you know what? Right. As long as my heart still beats, my liver still cleanses everything in my body, I'm happy. With eating entire blocks of cheese in five seconds. Yeah. I think you're just not living your best life if you're not eating that much cheese. I mean... I would, I would disagree with that. Well, you know, you do you. I do do. Well, don't. I want to hear it. I'm not. First of all, why would I ever go to the hospital? Uh, they don't feed you cheese there. That's already oh stupid. <laughs> problem one. No. Problem number one. Not enough cheese. Or anything, any other problems? They don't feed you cheese, and you can't get goldfish. There. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, the Jello kind of slaps, but I can't live off Jello. I need my daily intake of one pound of goldfish. One pound. Yes, one pound. Not a problem. Shit's good. Not necessarily. It is pretty good. So, you still got that goldfish drawer? That's just... obscene. Um... You know, I had to cut back. Strictly because it was like, actually... Like, 30 bucks a week. But I do have goldfish. Just not the drawer. You were spending 30 bucks a week on goldfish? Is that- yeah! What? Yeah, judge me, bitch! I'm not judging you, I'm just saying, that's kind of a lot. Yes. So, alright, yeah, I'm judging you. I don't know what- 
Bro, I don't even spend 30 bucks a week. I am cheap. How are you living? Uh, I don't know. I think starvation has set in, but that's besides the point. I spend 30 bucks a week <laughs> at least on gas. Oh, no, I'm good. I only live 10 minutes away from where I gotta work. Same. Uh, or it sucks. Yes. I, I don't like working. Like every two and a half weeks, and it's 20, bu uh, 20 bucks to fill the tank. Yeah, that's kind of the same, except, you know, sometimes I'll just, like, go out and drive around with no destination in mind for, like, hours on end, and then finally decide on a place that was, like... <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't... Why? <laughs> what the fuck else am I going to do? Sit here? I mean, you could, by like, myself you at like 2am? Hell no. At, wait, at 2am? Yeah, sometimes I get bored and I just leave and go somewhere. At 2 in the morning? Yes. You're going to get stopped by a cop? And they're just immediately going to drink or think you're a drug dealer for driving around just randomly, with no destination, at 2 in the morning. I've never sold or even seen a D-Rug in my life. Hardest drug I'll ever do is Tylenol. Quote that. You lied to yourself. That's besides the point. How have I lied? Uh, that's a conversation that we don't want to get into. Okay. Probably for the best that we don't get into it. But, this man, let it be known, is a drug addict. No, I'm not. You know those, <laughs> you know those Flintstone pills? Are chewable? Yo, <laughs> yo. <laughs> not gonna lie, when I was a kid, my mom told me to take one, I'd take like three. That's, I mean, that's clear signs of being a drug addict, but. Hey, they were good. I mean, supposedly so is crack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Still don't have a story that came to mind. What the hell is this dude Primson? I don't know, he's talking to Charlie. We're, we've been over this. That's what I'm saying, but the worst part is... He's still on the phone with Charlie. Like, I understand. But goddamn. I like how we started this after finally stopped. We all finally stopped giggling just to start this. And this man, the first thing he does, he's like, my name's Chris. And then he goes ghost. Why, you ready? Yeah. My name's Chris. I, uh, uh you, you call me Crimson. And he hasn't been back. He needs to stop talking to Charlie, though. Yeah. What the hell? What happened? Um. So, I'm currently staring at a photograph. Um. Is it the one that Crimson sent you? No. no. It, it's a... A man. 
pretty nice shoes, I might add. He's uh, standing there, and there's also a white woman on the floor, uh, ass naked. She's ass naked. And there's another guy standing there with his foot on the back of her head while she what? is ass naked, ass in the air. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Who sent you this? Listen, I know some interesting people that send me even more interesting things, and a lot of those things I could live my whole life without seeing. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that was one of the things I was happy to see. Was it Kimo Sabe? No. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. So, this is painful. Let's, I'm a, let's be honest. We need to think of something. We went into this. We shouldn't have started, but now we're here. And we're rolling with it. And now, we're 25 minutes in, and I'm too lazy to just do this shit again. So yeah, we're gonna keep winging it. Well, I put in my effort. You did. No, it's yours. That's the problem. Don't really know how I want to start this. Just started. The problem is what to start. I don't think it. It. What the hell is it? I think you're just trying to use your brain too hard. I think you just gotta like turn off your brain. Already off. What are you talking about? Okay. Let me rephrase that. Um Please leave your message for I need you to take your hand. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I need you to take your hand. Alright. Now rub them together. Now I need you to stand up, go walk over to your staircase, and you see where the railing is? Staircase. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. You see the <laughs> armrest on your chair? Yes, do I need to sit back down? No, 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 stand up. I'm still standing. I w you should, like, lower your chair to its lowest setting. It's, it's already at its lowest setting. Okay, now I need you to stand over that armrest, jump in the air, and do a split. I, I don't like where this is going. And then once you are about to come into contact with the chair, you want to take your right hand and slap yourself in the face to distribute the pain. Um, I'm going to sit back down. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. Why what? You could have did it. It would have been... I bet it would have been a happy time for you. I very much disagree with that statement. How do you know if you haven't tried? Because I don't want to start now. But, that's besides the point. So, you know what, let's do this. I just randomly got an idea while you were wrapping that bull. So, 
Alright. All right. JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Great show. Great show. It's a very great show. It's I recommend it to anyone who hasn't watched it because it is just a masterpiece. But season or not sorry. Part five ended when did it end? The like what? August? April? I can't remember. May? It's one of the earlier. It ended earlier this year. I think it was last May. Year. Um. So now that it's over, and we really haven't talked about it, I don't think. Let's go ahead and rate the best parts. Let's see where I'm Okay, go. ladies first. Uh, who would be the lady in Chris and Charlie's relationship? We need to ask them. But yeah. Right, Chris. But so part one, Phantom Blood, I think is what it's called. I'm probably wrong, and it's too late. But <laughs> what what'd you think about part one? Because I know we tried to get you into watching JoJo's. You just don't take recommendations at all. You are correct. So what do you think of part one? Um, part one was honestly like it was it was good, but it was slow. I know what you mean. And after like I, it was a struggle for me to actually sit through the first maybe two or three episodes because Jonathan was a bitch. And it was getting on my nerves. He was at the beginning. He was the, he was the, he was biggest, the biggest bitch. bitch. And I'm sitting there like, dude, this man just threw your dog in the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Fight him. <laughs> this man just stole your girlfriend's first kiss unwillingly. Like, she had no say in this, and you just don't care. This man is trying to kill your father, and he's, like, not caring about any of these things happening. Yeah. I know, for me, <clears throat> I think I got, I don't remember how many episodes it was, but I think I got to, like, episode five or six, and I was like, man, maybe this is overhyped. Maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. And then kept watching it, and I, I got to the part where they fought, I can't remember his name, they fought the dude who had, like, could wield a sword with his fucking hair. And that kind of sold me on the entire series. That made me want to keep watching. But, back to what you were saying about Jonathan not doing anything. For me, he was on the same level as Deku from My Hero was at the beginning. Well, no, not even at the beginning. Even, he's still garbage, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, but, like, he, whenever he toned up, and they showed that scene when they were playing, like, football or rugby, whatever it was. Yeah. Bro, they were, they lit, they were, like, six or seven people trying to hold Jonathan down, and he's... Yeah, I do, like, what? He just kept There's, moving. The whole football team is on this man, and he's just not going down. Refused. Local man literally too angry to die at that point. But... And then there's kind of that scene where Dio, who was adopted brother, I guess, 
best way to describe him. Kind of became a vampire. Don't... I don't really know the thought process behind it, but he became a vampire. Vampire. And just started... burning down his house and killing his dad. There was a fight. Pretty great fight, I think. And then it just kind of moved on from after all that was said and done. Dio just left and started rampaging some local village out in the middle of nowhere. And then it was, it kind of escalated from there. And I think it held my attention a lot more towards the end. Oh, yeah. 100% dead. Getting first, first few episodes was hard. It was Very hard. The only thing within those first few episodes <laughs> that actually like made me want to keep watching was the "It was me, Dio." <laughs> that was the only <laughs> line in the whole like four or five episodes. That I was like, "Why am I watching this? What what, am, what is there to be had here?" And then he said it, and I was just like, "You know, this is not that bad." This is a. I can give it a few more episodes. Yeah, I was like, right when he said that, I was like, I'll give it like, I'll give it like four more episodes maximum. And if nothing happens, then, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I will say this, the opening endings are top tier. Oh, yeah. You had Sono Chino Sadame, which is just a meme at this point in the JoJo community. And then you just had a roundabout at the end. Which was just kind of like, why? But it was there. It was great. But I think the best thing about part one was kind of the... I, I, I guess the best word would be rivalry between Jonathan and Dio and watching all that develop. Because that was great. Whenever Jonathan and Dio were on the, say, or like, on the screen at the same time, it was just good. But, moving on, what would, what would you rate that part? Out of 10? From, for the whole part, I'd give it like a... Give it like a 7 and a half. I was thinking along, I, I think I'm just going to give it a 7. No, I'd give it a 6.5. It was super slow in the beginning. Yeah, that's that's and the that thing that's really, really holding me back from even... Even put, like, you, you gotta really try to like the first part yeah and something to be said about it is that like it is crucial information to the entire series that yeah part. that's the it worst is, part so much stuff that happened you got the oh we didn't even talk about the like battle system come on which is basically just if you breathe in this certain way you can create electricity from your hands yeah which was just odd. And then you got Still, Dio shooting lasers through his eyes. Like Yeah, that that <laughs> Oh man, this this show is it, it really is something else. It's it it's really a masterpiece. It, it's so good. Like and we're trashing I I, well, I wouldn't say trashing. We are giving we are saying some great things about it, but the first one is so compared to the rest of them, I think it's the worst part. Yeah, 100% is. But it's like, if you were to just watch part two 
all the way to the end, you, you would not really... understand half of the things that go on. Well, you wouldn't understand the later parts, and some, like, you wouldn't, there, some story, like, very, well, we'll talk about when we get there, but. Yeah, it's like minor it's story things it's that you just no, wouldn't even minor, understand. So, minor. some of them minor. But, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Alright. Now let's move on to, by far, one of my favorite parts. It's, I can't, I have a hard time deciding between this one and another one. Battle Tendency, Part 2. Amazing. As soon as I got to that part, I, that part. I was like, I am, this, I'm watching the rest of the series. This is where it really picked up, I think. Introduce Which part? Uh, part 2. Uh, part two. Oh, okay. Introduce an entirely new protagonist, which is within the Joestar bloodline. It's... Oh god, what was his name? God, Joseph. That's the Joseph. one. Joseph. Yeah. By far my favorite JoJo. Easily. Hands down. But it just... It starts off from going from Jonathan, who's like this super gentleman figure... Just this asshole who's super <laughs> charismatic <laughs> and like extremely intelligent. He is his level of intelligence is like he's so smart and stupid, but it's like good stupid. Yeah. Like just to put this in perspective, he was finding enemies that were that were completely overpowered compared to him. And the yes, way he like... would win these fights was not by, like, he wouldn't overpower them or anything like that. He, it was a battle of wits. He was like, I, I can't even touch this man. So let's just, let's think about this. And then he just, he cuts a part of his jacket off, lets it string around a battlefield that they're they're fighting on spikes, which is just confusing as it is. Just, just strings this little, very small string from his clothes around the battlefield the entire time, like he's dodging hits and trying to get close to him. And, like, we don't even know this until he reveals it. And he just, like, electrifies it. And kills this man. That's the way he killed ACDC. Yep. Which is just ridiculous. I, I honestly. Could when that fight was happening, I was like, I genuinely don't know what he can be doing to win this fight because yeah, it's like it was an unfair fight. All the pillar men were just like they're literal gods, so it's like you're sitting there, like, wow, how is this man supposed to win this fight? I just, like his his. His battle strategies are just something, something else, man. Is, like, he is, I, I don't even know, man. Like, he's just so intelligent. And then he goes on to stuff, like, it was so off the walls, the second part, compared to the first one. The first one kind of followed, like, a super gothic theme, and kind of this genuinely yeah. character, and that's how, I don't know, like, as they're portraying characters. This one was like, alright, Joseph, you're gonna go to Mexico, Mexico. to save Speedwagon, from the Nazis, who resurrected one of the Pillar Men, and now you're gonna fight alongside some Italian man named Caesar. I don't. It was. It was so ridiculous. 
the first time they introduced him in the fight scene, or Joseph, was one of the vampires, I can't remember his name, came up and tried and was trying to kill him. Joseph recognized that, and just, he was sitting in the middle of a bar, chilling out, he feel, and just whips out a Tommy gun, and starts just blasting. Yep. In a bar full of people. And then goes to the extent of, I don't know where, but he had a hand grenade. I don't know where he got it from. Pulled out a hand grenade, threw it back, or threw it at the vampire. The vampire caught it and threw it back at him. But that grenade was tied together by other grenades that he put on his back. I, I don't even, that fight was so stupid. But it was great. When you sit there and you're watching the fights, they seem so good. And then you sit back and watch them from like, just watch it back from a perspective of where you don't care what happens to either of them. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, because I watched those fights again, because like to actually pay attention to what was going on. And I'm just like, dude, what am I seeing? It was so ridiculous. Hold on. And then to even go even further, had um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, Hold that thought. I gotta run downstairs. I don't even have that thought. Alright, well, now it's just me. I'm gonna try to keep going about kind of things about part two while he's gone. But it's kind of, part two is like, such a, it's so... Part 1 and Part 2 are complete opposites. And what I normally tell people whenever they want to watch JoJo for the first time, or I'm trying to get them to watch it, it's just get through Part 1. It'll be hard. But as soon as you get to Part 2, it's going to be worth it. By far. They, it's just it's so ridiculous. And also had one of the most emotional deaths in, that I've seen. It's still, I think, it beats everything I've seen, like emotional death scene wise it's just it's on top I, I don't think anything beats what happened to Caesar um and then you had kind of when Cars which was the main villain he all, all the Pillarmen are vampires sorry an important thing I should mention and the entire their entire goal is to overcome the sun so they don't die from being outside in the daytime and Cars does that Cars does that and becomes an absolute being of destruction. Just unstoppable at that point. And the way it ends is Joseph flies a plane into a volcano that Cars grew wings and is chasing him on. He flies it into a volcano, jumps out, Cars goes in the volcano. They thought he killed or they killed him. Turns out they didn't. And the volcano erupts and sends like cars into space. And that's how they beat him. He just floated in space, constantly regenerating, because he's a, va and he's a vampire. And that's how they beat the fight. That's, that was it. It just... It was over. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, and that just kind of goes to show how goofy it was, and how bizarre is probably the best word. In the title. Part 2 was. But. Nothing. 
beat Joseph as the jo as the Joe Star goes. Like he was just so just ridiculous and over the top. It was it it's a great thing to watch. I can't rec uh, recommend JoJo's Bizarre Adventure enough because it is just good. But now, as I try to think of something to keep the conversation going, because I'm now the only person here, let's let's think about this. So, the thing that I like the best example of Joseph is that he's fighting the first vampire, the he, first came vampire across. he came across. And he's threatening to kill this random civilian. Nobody, this random woman. And the vampire says, uh, so you don't care about this person at all, so it's okay if I kill them. And he goes, I don't care about that old hag. Which he does. He's lying. And then he beats, he eventually beats the vampire. I, oh, his name was Strazo. I remember. And then oh, you're talking and about... starts hitting no. on that one woman. And she goes, no, you called me a hag. He goes, wait, I did? I didn't know that. And she knocks one of his teeth out. Alright, Chaos, what, what do you think? Would you... At, on a scale of 1 to 10, what about part 2? I think part 2 was one of the better parts. Is it my favorite? No. Simply because I just like one of the other parts more. But part two was extremely interesting. And I just think the main protagonist is just extremely funny. I think the main protagonist, I wouldn't say carried the show, but he stole the show. 100%. Yeah. Alright, and now moving on to part three. Stardust Crusaders. Absolutely amazing. They introduced a new battle system, which I think is unrivaled in any capacity. Its battle system is so un unique and so like well planned out that it just it works. And this power system is in the form of stands, which are basically these things that appear behind you that fight for you. It's super weird. They're pretty much the manifestations of one's will. Yeah. I think that's how they that's how they explained it in the show, didn't they? Yeah. But yeah, we're introduced to a new protagonist, uh, Jotaro. Who... Our first impressions of him was him in prison, because he, lo he forced the police to lock him up. Because he discovered he had a stand, but didn't know what it was, and called it a demon. <laughs> and yep. his, his mother's walking down, trying to get him out, goes to his cell, and is saying, like, I was so worried about you, and generally seeing, like, like, worried about it. And Jotaro straight up says, the first words that he is, speaks in the entire series is, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Straight to his mom. To his mother. Uh, it was... I thought it was pretty funny. And she just completely brushed it off as if he didn't say anything along those lines. Yeah, she did not care whatsoever. Now, oh, I forgot to give my rating on R2. 
but it's a I think it's a 9.5 but <laughs> after quickly going over that in my opinion you know the characters are great Joseph got reintroduced as old Joseph definitely wasn't wasn't the same but he still had his moments and the thing about part three is that it was kind of slow but I was so interested in the battle system that it kept me going for until we got to the, like the second half. The second half, it was actually yeah. And started getting it was the battle serious. system, and then like I kind of knew what the end goal was early on, so I was already looking forward to it. Yep. So pretty much having to see like how the battle system works to the build up of the actual finale was. I thought was what made that part really good. I will admit it was slow, but it was like it wasn't as bad as part one because I had something to look forward to rather than part one. It's just kind of like, all right, I'm watching this gentleman and I don't even know what's happening. But in this part, it's like you have stands now, you've met the characters, and there's actually an end goal, and you know what's about to, you know, you can expect what to see by the end. And this is going to be major spoilers, but the main villain from part one, Dio, Jonathan's stepbrother, or adopted brother, I'm sorry, is the main villain in part three, even though everyone thought he was dead. Turns out he's not. Back. And, like, the final fight of Stardust Crusaders with Jotaro versus Dio was just so good. It was perfect. It would. I don't. The the best way to describe that, that entire part, is Jotaro wanted to, or deceive Dio into thinking that he was dead, so he could try to sneak in an attack. So what he did was he got his stand, stopped his heart, and tried to not black out so Dio couldn't hear his heart beating. That was. I, I don't think anybody could have expected that. I sure as hell didn't expect that. I thought this man was literally gonna kill himself with his own stand. Yeah, I was super confused. This man pulled out his stand and grabbed his heart. I'm like, is he about to like just end it all right now? No, he's deliberately stopping his own heartbeat while he watches. Dio places his ear to the ground to hear his heartbeat. And as he's stopping his heartbeat, Dio starts to walk over, plans on finishing him off. So he's trying to jumpstart his heartbeat so that he can <laughs> get out of the way. Yeah, so he could try to sneak in a punch. Because the, the two sands, Yotaro had Star Platinum, which is... A very powerful stand, like super good, super very strong. Uh, eventually, it ha unlocks the ability to kind of like stop time for a few seconds, which is, for some reason, the recurring theme in villains in JoJo is just time stopping. Don't. I I guess it's because or like something to do with time. I guess it's just because it's the most powerful power. I guess. And Dio had the world, which was. Better than Star Platinum in every way, and could also stop time, but for a much longer duration. So like, Dio could stop time for like 10 seconds, 
Ninja Turtle could stop it for like two or three. And I, it was it was it was great. The final scenes of that one was amazing. Amazing. Pacing was kind of pacing was all right, but again, the beginning was super slow, and it was kind of just could have done without some of those fights. Honestly, some of those fights were kind of pointless, but I think like. For me, the Darby's fight, that was yep. a must-have. Him and his brother. And then we had, um, what was, what was it, um, the Polnareff turned into a baby, I think. Oh, yeah, and the then... guy whose <laughs> stand was to, uh, which reversed aging. Yeah, that fight, I thought, was pretty good. And then, um... There's one more. I have to think on it. Hold on. Were there any fights that you thought shouldn't have been in there? Because, I mean, like, the ape one was kind of fucking the weird. That shouldn't have been in there, but it's probably better just to say the ones that should have. I think Kakuin's fight with Death 13 was amazing. Yeah. I love that. That fight was really good. Episode, or two episodes, however long it was. It was I think it was two episodes. Also, the one of the fight with Vanilla Ice. Yes. Where Abdul, just an amazing character, and Iggy both meet their end, and Polnareff uh, comes out on top as the only surviving member out of that small group. Um. Yeah, I think rating wise, I would give it like a nine or an eight. yeah a nine. What do you think, Gas? Or Jason? I'd give it... I'd give it an 8, simply because it was very long, but I feel like a couple... Not even a couple. There was like a couple of fights, even though I just said not a couple, but you get the point. There was a good amount of fights where I feel like we could have not seen those fights, and my opinion would have been so much better on the whole part. Simply because they were just, like, not necessary, or, like, pretty much everything that was seen in that fight had already been seen in another fight. Yeah. I think part of the reason why it was so long was to try to build stands and kind of, not necessarily explain, but to show how they work. Because their yeah. stands are, each stand is completely unique. And, like, some of them have just ridiculous powers, like... And, like, they can manifest in, like, a lot of different ways. So, like, Jotaro's stand was just a half-naked dude, pink man, or purple man, that just punched really hard, as an example. And then you have someone like Death 13, which is a stand that manifests in dreams. And if you die in that dream, it's like a Freddy krueger thing. If you die in the dream, you die in real life. Kind of thing. And then you just have one, some that just reverse your aging. Um, some that's literally just some water that attacks you. Yep. It, it's there was so one. What was it like? A it was like a booger that just like. You know what I'm talking about when they're like in the ski lift, and then oh, yellow, uh, yellow template, uh, tempest, <laughs> yeah, whatever it was. That was just a ridiculous fight. That was so dumb. <laughs> All 
When I saw Kakyoin doing the cherry, little, little, little. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. <laughs> and then we got part four. Uh, Diamond Unbreakable, I think is what it's called. Yes. I think there's, there's a lot of opinions in part four, I think. From people I normally talk to, like Jason and Chris, it's not, it's like one of the lower rated parts, I would, right? For you guys? Yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's a very loud voice of how part four is the greatest part uh, in just community as is. I I rewatched part four, and when I rewatched it, it's my third favorite by far. It's, I loved everything about it going back. I didn't like Josuke at the beginning, but he really grew on me. And I also really like how all the side characters, they weren't just like discarded after their fight or whatever. There were, all the side characters still remained in this town of Morio. Uh, and it was, I thought it was just well done. I really liked how that was done. Uh, Kira was an amazing villain. Rivals Dio, I think. Not necessarily strength, but just, he was so well written. But I think he was really well written. Just the way it ended was extremely unexpected for me personally the oh, first yeah. time I saw it. I was not expecting that at all. Compared to like when you first meet Dio and you see that whole fight and how it ended. And then you see all the fights in part four and how they end. And then you get to the main protagonist or the Josuke. antagonist, sorry. Or Josuke and then and it's just... And it's just like, what the f what? Yeah, and it's not, like, I think Josuke's it's stand not... was powerful than Killer Queen, Kira's stand. But I can't, Yeah. I don't know how powerful, but it was like, because of Kira's advantage at the end, which we, I won't get into because it's kind of ridiculous. Um, Josuke didn't overpower him necessarily. He outsmarted him again, which shows that a lot of these characters are extremely intelligent. And they just find, like, ways to get around it. And back to the topic of, like, unique stands, Josuke has a stand where if he touches something with the stand, it heals it, but he cannot heal himself. And also, whenever he, like, if he punches, like, a brick wall and it breaks, if he punches, or if he touches a brick, it builds the wall again. So he can put, it's, it's kind of unique and, like, it doesn't sound powerful, but it's actually... The way he uses it is what makes it powerful. Yeah. It's a very simple concept, but... It, honestly, in this show, the, the simpler a stand is, the more versatile it is. And yeah, which is if weird. you... If you watch it, you will soon understand what that means. Because, like, some of these stands, like... When I first saw them, I'm like... How the fuck is this the strongest and best stand? Like, what? Yeah. And then, like, I look at how the people use it, and it's like, well, you know, that kind of makes sense now, because I know for a fact if I had that stand, I would not have thought of any way of using it like that. Yeah, and then also, like, the, like the, a really good explanation of the stands and how just ridiculous they are. There's one in part five, which we'll get to that part in just a second, but uh, it's a stand called the Notorious V.I.G. And... The way the stand user has to activate it 
to get it to function is it just the user just has to die and it's yep an autonomous stand and it's it's very powerful but it to use it the user has to die <laughs> which is just kind of ridiculous but apart from you first I when i first saw him oh, i thought that was going to like I thought that was going to be such a dramatic fight because it's like you see them go on that plane, and you think like, "Damn, it's going to be a real fight now," yeah, and then he just, he said just dies in, in like thirty <laughs> seconds. Like, what? First time I saw, it, I was like, "There's no fucking way." <laughs> but yeah, but that's part four. I thought was an amazing thing. It was kind of like a, uh, I don't know. It was. I thought it was. I like that a thriller. Honestly, it had like I like that you just knew fun. everyone. Yeah. It was... uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that was a good point that you made. Because it was like... A couple of uh, Josuke's even friends, they were originally enemies. And then like every character that was Okuyashi shown, they are still in that show in some way. Either seen around town or something along... They're, everyone's story within Morio is intertwined. It, it goes back to this thing that they keep uh, saying throughout all, jo or starting from part three, that stand users are attracted to other stand users. And they all amalgamated in this town, Morio. And it's just kind of a matter of time before they start coming across each other. But uh, an example, again, like the battle system of stands, Okuyasu, which was originally Josuke's enemy, but became his friend, a really good friend of his now, he has a stand called The Hand, which I still call Pepsi Man because he looks like Pepsi Man, but that's besides the point. And his stand just erases space. Just, it's gone. And it's a, like, as a stand itself, it's extremely powerful. Like, I would argue one of the, like, the best stands in the entire series. But Okuyasu is just so stupid that he can't yep. use it. <laughs> so it's not a, ma a matter of something being overpowered. You also gotta be smart enough to use it. That is a perfect example of what, like, the level of stands and then your ability to use it. Because yeah. it's like, some of these stands, like, if they were in the right hands, like, they would be unstoppable. Oh, yeah. But, kind of end off on part four. I would rate it... I like it more than I like part three. Not, I think I rated part three about a nine. Or an 8.5, something like that. I think I rated part three as an 8.5, and I'm going to stick to that if it's not. And then I'm going to raise part four to a nine. I really liked... I really liked Kira. I really liked just how all the side characters actually mattered. Um, and just, just the town of... That the the setting, the place where all this happens, I just really enjoyed. What are your thoughts on that chaos, or Jason? Honestly, like you 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 said it perfectly. Like like that part, everything that you said, I can fully agree with. Every character, to me, I just I'm just glad I didn't see them for an episode, and then they were just. Poof, gone. Like, yeah, 
that that was my main thing. Because like some of the characters, like I saw them and I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like to see them again in another episode, like uh, Rohan and whatnot. Yeah, shopping. But um, and Chris is back now. Yeah. Your Hello. thoughts? <laughs> We're talking about JoJo. Yeah, I know. I've been back for the longest time. I just didn't want to interrupt y'all's shit. Oh. Well, you can jump with us in part five. I, well, actually, I don't want to... Let's not explain part four again. But what would you rate yeah. part four? Yeah. Part four? Uh, as a whole, part four, I liked it. No, I liked it for what it was, but it just it was kind of slow until like the later half when they finally introduced Kira. You know, everything up to that, everything else, it was like, you know, it was good. The characters, they're decent, you know, I'm like like Jason said, I'm glad they weren't just in an episode and gone. Then, you know, the story pacing up until they, you know, like I said, introduced Kira, it wasn't that great, though. Like, that's it. Oh, you had to go again. All right. So, Chaos, what was your rating? <laughs> I'd say for... An overall rating, I would give it like. That's the thing. It's like the first time I watched it, I really didn't like it. Because I watched it obviously multiple times. The first time I watched it, I really, it just, it just felt like the longest part to me because. I think, I think for that reason, it's not my favorite part because I didn't yeah. enjoy it as much until I watched it again. That's so like I would appreciate it right now after watching it again. I really appreciate it, but for my first time watching it, I'm giving it like I'll give it like a seven. Seven? That's that's a pretty. I mean, it's that's what I was kind of expecting. Honestly, because I'm I think out of all of this, I'm the one who likes it the most. Which is I don't know. That's just saying something. That's just my taste. I really like the. Mystery behind the entire uh, show or part, but all right. Now, well, let's move into part five. Golden wind. Yes. Oh, my so personal good. favorite part of the series. I'm gonna let you take it away. So part five is the main protagonist. This time is no longer a Joe Star. Well. But, well, I, in a, to an extent. Listen, the, okay, the Joe Star family tree is so backwards. It's yeah. Let's not get into that. But instead of it, you know, being like how Jonathan had a grandchild or whatever, and this is now Dio's yeah, child. Welcome back. Dio Spawn. Giorno Giovanna. The best Giorno Jojo. Giovanna. Hands down. Right when I saw him, I already fell in love with this part. His stand is so fucking cool. It is so based good. in Italy. The entire cast of people, his his little gang of members, Mista. I fucking love Mista. Then you have Narancia. Then you have just all of those characters. I just not one of them. I slightly disliked. There was nothing about any of them that I didn't like. I 100% agree. I thought my my favorite side character in all of JoJo's, originally from Part 5, and that's Mista. Mista is still my favorite Mista is character. so He's, cool. I, I love him. His stand is one of the most interesting and, like, complex. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, 
what, is his stand just a gun? But it's like, no. His stand is, <laughs> it's the six bullets, but they're like, each bullet has a personality, and they're, they're just, oh my, they're so cool. They're so cool. Number four just gets bullied the whole time. He has but one of my favorites. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But uh, they kind of talk about part five and like how great it is. All of the side characters and like the group that surrounds uh, Giorno are just—they're so well written. They. They go into all of their backgrounds and all the reasons why their personalities are like the way they are. Uh, the stands are super cool. A lot of them are super unique. Like uh, they're super personalized yeah, for each super, character yeah, exactly. in this part. And like for example, uh, Abakio, which uh, one of the Joe Bros, is he used to be a police officer, and he he got to the point where he was kind of like he was crooked a little bit. Like he wasn't an upstanding cop. He did some kind of questionable shit and that kind of and that eventually resulted in his partner dying. And his uh stand which is oh god, what was it called? Moody Jazz. Moody Jazz, that's what it was. And uh, Moody it, Blues. What's the Moody Sorry. Blues? It's, it's Moody Jazz it's and the, the, the sub and Moody Blues and the uh, oh, okay. dub, I think. But yeah, pretty but, much. His stand like reverses, like a. Uh, it, it like it goes no it like he if he scenes. goes to a location, yeah. he can replay something that happened there. Yeah, pretty much. And like I think it, that like his stand is so close to him because he regrets getting that his partner killed. He wants to go back and fix it, and that I think his will or like his in his subconscious that's what his stand became. As something to kind of not necessarily fix the past, but it helps with the future. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I like it though. But it takes place in Italy, like Jason said. It's so great. It's like a mafia drama. Is the best way to describe that part. They all piss off them. They were a part of the mafia. They pissed them off. Got banished from the mafia, and now they're trying to kill them. And all the people trying to kill them are stand users. And it just. It's it's so good. Like the final villain doesn't reveal his face. There is nothing revealed, no information or very little information about the villain the entire time. They just know him as the boss because he hides himself so he doesn't get assassinated. And he hides himself, but he's also not weak in a sense where if you were weak. to go and try and find out who he was, you would be killed immediately. Like, no questions it. asked, the entire organization will be on your ass, you have a target on your back, and if they don't kill you first, you, he will personally kill you himself. Because, one, you obviously don't know who he is, but yet he can kill you, and his stand so is so powerful, and for his, like, type of character, it suits him so perfectly. Yeah. Um... It also introduces like a new I want I don't know a new battle system is the right word but like a I don't know how to describe it. It introduces or it really goes into detail about the stand arrows which originally gave people stands. 
if they could, if they had enough willpower to live after being hit with one. Yes. But you are correct. If you use, if you stab your stand with it, I can't remember. Again, it be, it's it be if you if stand. if you stab yeah if you stab it again and got a requiem and like gained a, like a Mark II version I guess There's but a different is... arrow. Oh, uh, is it a different arrow? Yeah, the yeah, regular you get doesn't have with the beetle on it. Oh, okay. But like just to put that in perspective, uh, Polnareff is a returning character. Um, the only returning character. I mean, Koichi and which was. He was in part four, and then Jotaro returned, but it was like very, very minuscule screen time. But uh, he returns, still has a stand, so or silver chariot, but he has been he he got beat up like he in a wheelchair now. The stand sucks, but it goes rogue because uh he found he originally found out what the stand arrow did. And on accident. Control, on accident, and can't control a stand now, which is now Sliver Chari uh, Chariot Requiem, which is my favorite stand in the entire series. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, that stand is real cool, but it's just sticky fingers, and it's, it's pretty cool. golden experience. Like those two are like the fucking coolest things to me. Like sticky fingers. Like I, first of all, being able to just open. A pocket dimension at will yeah, he or like let's say your hand gets cut off you could just zip it back on your body like that that just seems like the most Still. useful thing and then you have Giorno with golden experience being able to make life out of anything pretty much except providing people yeah but you know he can he he can, he can work he, with that. He can heal people, but it's not the same as Josuke stand. Like, yeah, Josuke is Josuke can't like revive people. Uh, regenerative. Giorno uh, stand is like he'll he'll get a brick and then make make, make it like, into an make arm, it into like an arm, like an arm. And then he then attaches, or with the help of sticky fingers, back onto somebody, and it's a healthy arm. It's really weird and really complicated, and I don't understand it entirely. But that's kind of something that he can do. And at the beginning, his stand, while it's good, I wouldn't say it was. It didn't become like extremely was, powerful until it got his requiem. No, it was more utility than combat strength. I would say. Yeah, this goes back to our point about how a lot of the Joe stars. And Giorno being one of them, technically, are just extremely intelligent. They just know what they're doing. Like, some, like, it's super weird how he uses his stand. But that's, that's not the easiest thing to describe. Because honestly, I don't think any of their stands were really oriented towards fighting other than, like, um, what was his name? Vistas and Fugo. Mistas and, and, and yeah, Fugos. Because Naranjas was like a, a a bombing plane, like a little bombing plane that would just pretty much track you. And it was like a little fighter jet. Then you have Mista with his six-shooter revolver. And then Fugos, which was like... Purple Haze. What was it? Toxic Purple gas. Haze was just like a toxic gas, but it was like... His stand was 
like Fugo had like two personalities. Like where he was at when he was a child, he was really angry. So like his stand retained that and is like a toxic, angry asshole, pretty much. Like that's the best way to describe it. And it's like it will kill anyone. So like anyone who's trying to fight with Fugo, like his stand could be a detriment to your team if you were to get hit by the purple haze. This is this is a perfect example of how smart Giorno is too, because when Fugo or Fugo activated his stand and started spraying toxic gas, Giorno was infected and so was the other person. I think it was Man in the Mirror or something like that. And to what he did to like save him and everybody who was infected by the gas, I think Fugo had an immunity, uh, immunity to it because it was a yeah. Fugo's immune. What he did was he got a brick, made it into a snake. And since it was born in that toxic environment, what he did was harvested its venom and made it into a, uh, uh, an, an anti-venom. Which is, I, I don't even know. I'm just saying, had it been me, I would have just died. I would have died. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, like straight up, like, I would have just died. I would have sat there, just would have been like, you know, guess I'm going to die here, so I'm just going to make use of my stand, you know. Yeah. Get myself a little flower garden, you know, dancing the lilies till I die, I guess. But <laughs> this dude out here got a brick, turned it into a snake to create an anti-venom, and saved his own life and... Abakios. Stop. Yeah, Abakios. Because, um... What happened to his other, like, the half of his body? Like, I remember half of it was, like, gone, and it was replaced remember. with Moody Blues. It's been a while. I gotta you remember Crimson? I gotta rewatch it. Oh, it's talking to Charlie again. I guess so. <laughs> I can't believe this is now a thing. <laughs> but, uh, it's, I don't know, from, from start to finish, I did not think it was slow at all. There was always something happening, in my opinion. But maybe I'm just, I'm biased. It always kept me engaged. I was super interested the entire time. Never got bored. And loved it every second. To the point where when the manga, or not the manga, the anime was airing, uh, it was still releasing episodes. It got to the point where it stopped, and I was so, I wanted more. I wanted to finish it to where I read the manga. I uh, finished part five, and went back and watched the anime as the episodes came out. That's how, that just shows how, just, I just wanted more. I was so interested the entire time. I feel like. I remember when you watched it, but. I watched it like, I think after Chris finished it, and then everyone was like done watching it. That's when I watched it, because as you know, I don't take recommendations. I watch it when I want to watch it. Yeah. Because I feel like once, once I get a recommendation for it, for any show. I automatically will not like it as much. Doesn't matter who gives it to me. I could have no qualms with you. But if you were to recommend me an anime, I will immediately watch it with the intent of hating it. Don't know why. <laughs> That's just how I am. <laughs> and there's so many I need to watch. Like, you but, watch you know. Rules. See, there you go. Now I can't watch it. I, I'm, I know, but... It's good, I think. 
I liked it. It was pretty edgy. I trust me. My one of my coworkers, she is getting. She's been telling me to watch for like weeks now, and I'm just like, dude. It's it's no. not top tier. It has its problems, but I, I loved it. I I just loved it. I I would instead of watching the anime, I would read the manga though. And out of my personal opinion, I don't want to be that guy, but I would read the manga. Because they since yeah, just watch Tokyo Ghoul season one, yeah, then read the manga from there, the manga. and then watch three. All right then. But uh, yeah. So, Crimson, you want have anything to say about it? R five. Yeah. Oh yeah, Journal the best JoJo. <laughs> Gold Experience Requiem is the best thing. Alright. I'm not gonna lie, Spicy Lady was kinda up there. Oh, Spicy Lady. Spicy Lady is Trisha's thing. She always turns soft. It turned into a squishy rubber thing or something. But see, here's why. I like her and Bucciarati. Here is why. Okay. What was what was the line? Oh my god, it was a line. Well, Arrivederci. I know whenever oh she god. does her attack rush, she screams "Wannabe," which I think it's. Arrivederci. That's why I like Bucciarati so much. Yep, that's right why there. I like Bucciarati. <laughs> but he was just like. Every time he beats he like, somebody, he turns back just, and goes. He just screams "Ari," and then he was just. Arrivederci, and then then you just get the little riff of music, and it's just so good. Oh, I have one more thing to say. Giorno's theme is the best theme in JoJo. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. One hundred percent. It's become so meme now that everyone's probably heard it at this point. But what would everybody rate it out of ten? Oh, I'm. I don't care what anyone says. I I personally believe that that part for me was perfect. But I'm gonna give it like a nine and a nine point eight. Like. There was like a couple things that would change, but like for the most part, I, I fucking love that part. What, what would you? That was my. Or what, what were the parts that you disliked that didn't make it a ten? The the only problem I had was the fact that, um, in the beginning when, what was his name? <sighs> From part. What was Josuke's little friend? I can't remember his name. Koichi. <laughs> yes, when when Koichi came to Italy, he was only in there for like what, like an episode or two, and then I don't know what That's happened to him after that. For, uh, oh, I he so yeah, he was he, searching he for Giorno, found Giorno him. Giorno was a threat, and then he kind of he saw the good heart in Giorno and was like, and reported back to Johto that he wasn't a threat, so he went home. Okay, well then, yeah, it's a 10. Okay. Grosso, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> R5 rating? Yep. Uh... A 10? You know you can talk more. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll give it a 10, because, um, Jordan is the best JoJo. And because of the the seven page Muda. Oh yeah! Oh my God! I cannot believe they did an attack rush that was seven pages long. That was that was amazing, honestly. And then but, uh, he landed in the dumpster. And, <laughs> yeah, and then he landed in the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I would. I'd rate it a ten. Like I had for a while. I've been thinking about it recently because I've been wanting to rewatch it. it. My favorite parts are part five and part two, but I could not remember which one I liked more. And I think I like the story and the characters more than I liked everything in part two, because like the story was good, but not as good as part five. And for me, the reason why I liked part two so much was because of Joseph. So I think if we're if I'm giving it a fair chance, part five is the better part, and I'm rating that shit a ten. I fucking loved it. It was great start to finish. Yes, sir. Alright. And I don't want to talk about part six and part seven, mainly because I hated part six and I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> and because it hasn't aired yet. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Also, we're coming up on a like an hour and thirty getting up there. Maybe uh I think I would not call this a successful first episode. The first 30 minutes were kind of... Listen, alright? <laughs> For what it is, I think the discussion once we hit the anime part was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then, actually, let's go ahead and do one more thing. So, everybody's favorite JoJo are two more things. Is mine's Joseph. We, all, we know Chris's is... Giorno. 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 Yours is Giorno I'm sorry. Too? Giorno. I'm sorry. He, he's just so... He's just so likable. Like, don't get me Giorno wrong. Giorno is a boss. This dude became the Mafia boss at the age 15 in 8 days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. The only reason I didn't pick Joseph was because when he gets old and he just sits there saying, Huh? What? That just... Oh, yeah, part uh, four. <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. I, I know. I hated Steve Joseph his, that way. On this dude has yeah. his cane in He's his hand. He's Have like, you guys seen before my then, You're holding. I loved it. He's sitting there. He's like, you see this baby? This dude's standing there holding an invisible baby, and everyone thinks this dude's fucking crazy. And then, like, everyone thinks he's a pedophile because he's fucking... He was hitting on, like, little girls and shit unintentionally. Oh, and then, what? yeah, he was. I don't remember. And fucking... When he oh not that when he walked in the woman's bathroom and everyone thought he was a pervert. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then they also thought he was uh partners with Abdal. Oh yeah, in part in, in part three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny scene. Um, <laughs> the fucking um, magnet stand. Oh. I I don't know. Like all of Joseph's actions, like he didn't get a whole lot uh, going on in part three, which I mean I understand with the way JoJo's is built, they keep trying to push out. The next generation of Joestar, so he kind of he took a back seat for part three and kind of active or acted as like a mentor. Is that the best description for him in part three? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but in part four, whenever they were dealing with the invi uh, invisible baby, and he lit his, uh, the baby went to a pond and started drowning, and they couldn't see it because it was invisible. So what he did was he slit his wrist. To fill the pond up with blood so they could see the baby moving. And I, that scene where Josuke finally accepts uh, Joseph as his father and like sees how good of a person he is, that just that made part four for me, I think. And that's why I like Joseph so much. And his line when he said it, he said, I just wanted to look cool in front of you. That's, listen, that's, that's it for me right there. Also, and while we're on the topic, 
best opening. Best opening. Or best three openings, we'll say. Because there's a lot of good ones. Crimson, we'll start with you. Fighting gold. Fighting gold. Okay. Other two. Oh, wait. Bots name three? Yeah. Yeah. Three favorites. Fighting gold, bloody stream, and and the original. Konochino Sadame? Yeah. Alright. Okay, so what was yours? Or Jason? Jeez. Fighting gold. Um, Stardust Crusaders. I really like that one. And then the first one. The first, yeah, the first one. No, it's the first one. Not the second one. But fighting gold. That that shit hit. It just. Oh my fucking god. What was the third one again? Uh, I don't know. Alright. Well, here's my top three. And here, we're gonna get a little... There might be an argument after this. My favorite, my favorite. is Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town. In part four. Hands down. I loved it. Um, my second favorite is... Uh, Break It Down <laughs> from part four. And then my third favorite is Bloody Stream. Oh, yeah. I ain't listened to no part four openings except breakdown. And I'm gonna go even further and say that uh, part five's second opening was better than Fighting Gold. Just my opinion. I liked it more. Fighting Gold was great, but it. Um, listen, I should probably stop talking. Yes, you fucking should. <laughs> the fuck. I enjoyed it. I don't know what to tell you. It was, it, it fit perfectly for the mood of the second part. Everything was starting. I'm to not down. actually. Now that I think about it, I'm not gonna lie. I might. I'm gonna change it to, fighting gold. Then part two, like, for the opening, the second opening. Uh, that was that was actually really good. I'm not gonna lie. I really like that. For part five, it was. I think it fit the ending, and what was happening perfectly. And then, yeah, the original opening. But. Back to what you were saying. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say something. I thought you were disagreeing. Okay. Oh, I am. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm going to get fucking smacked. I 100% am. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I think that I'm do it for this podcast now. I think we kind of talked about everything we wanted to with JoJo's. And I'm surprised... Once we finally got a topic, it started. This podcast actually started getting better. So I think I'll probably prepare more for the second episode. This time I didn't really, I wasn't sure what to do, and I just I winged it. And for the first half, it did not work out. But listen, I tried. You you <laughs> you carried the first half. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Crimson, hopefully you'll be here for the second one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all we get. Alright. Well, this is stage three. We'll come out with another episode in... Uh, we're doing this every week, right? That's the plan. See how long this lasts. Alright. Alright.
Arrivederci. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> How are you gonna say follow me on Twitter and then not shout out your Twitter? <laughs> this is a joke. Alright. Alright, so follow me on SoundCloud, Little Bandaid. That's besides the point. But. Alright. Uh. Sayonara?